People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, inviting you to join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can follow us on Facebook. You can reach us with your comments, questions, suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for our long-awaited YouTube channel. And now on with this week's episode. Hoping all is well, Brothers Talk family around the world, wherever you're listening in and wherever you're holding your relevant thinking conversations to promote activism, to uplift our people. And to our first-time listeners, thank you for tuning in to help us carry on the work of using our minds to encourage and educate as well as endorse and inspire new and existing Black business opportunities to empower and enrich the Black community. In our new COVID reality, we're keeping our focus on urging everyone to stay vigilant and be careful when you're out and about. Wearing a mask helps prevent the spread of other respiratory infections as well as flu and RSV2, and you can still get vaccinated and get booster shots. Hundreds of people are still dying each day from coronavirus or its complications each week. And another reminder that soon spring breaks and Easter will be here, which means traveling and the spikes that always follow as we continue to say, you don't want to be the one to get it. And you definitely don't want to be the one transmitting it to your medically fragile family and friends. We've now surpassed 1.2 million people who've lost their lives from the pandemic. And again, a thought, 1.2 million is more than the population of Cincinnati, Greensboro, Louisville, and Orlando combined. Come on, people, we can and we must do better. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm. Thanks, Rod. Uh, Again, thank you for your uh, family. Thank you for your continued support. And again, we're going to got to talk about uh, COVID. Uh, Here recently, I know that uh, uh, Biden announced that that, uh, they're going to drop the mask mandate in May. But it, it appears to me that it's already been dropped because everywhere I went this past week, I might have been one of two people who had a mask on. So that tells me that that people are really, really not in tune and think that the, the virus is, is gone, is not still with us, even though CDC has recommended yearly shots like a few, like a uh, flu vaccine vaccination for the virus, and it, it, it's concerning to me because you got a situation where you got young kids, you got people having babies, newborn babies, and if you're walking around asymptomatic and you're not wearing a mask, and then you're gonna be around somebody's who just got out of the hospital or somebody who had just had a baby, you're putting those people at risk. And I don't think that people are thinking that long term. They're just only thinking about, I don't have to wear a mask. I can show people my pretty face or whatever. And, and life goes on. But I think we still got to take heed about what's going on. We got to be responsible. If you still hadn't been vaccinated, it's available. Go get your shots and wear your mask. Norm? Thanks, Scott. 
as I mentioned last week, there are 23 schools in Baltimore City where there's not one student reading or, or doing mathematics on grade level. I just found out that the CEO of education for that city is making about $400,000 a year and is amongst the highest paid administrators in the country for public education. We have to do a better job holding these people accountable. The school statistics have actually gone down her five years in office uh, holding this position, and yet our students are suffering more. Graduation rates are down, and uh, numbers are down across the board. We have to be more in tune with educating our young people. In this country, our young people are not on grade level across the, the entire country, and especially the younger grades, the, the grades three through junior high school. This is the future of our country. This is the future of our community. We really have to be on point in regards to the school boards and the curriculum. Please, let's take this opportunity to start getting involved. Rod? This is our last podcast of Black History Month, and we thought it would be a good idea to really think about what that means, even though we acknowledge that Black History Year is all year long. You know, we shouldn't be just confined. But since there's an opportunity to have a focus on it, we wanted to emphasize the need for our people to become more aware of Black history, that we take this time to really have a national opportunity for the rest of the nation to focus on Black history. But what about our people making sure that we know as much of our history as possible? There's so many different documentaries and books out there, but it doesn't seem as though we are as connected to this process as we need to be. And so we're thinking about things like we need to be recommending everything from documentaries like High on the Hog, to the 1619 Project, to uh, The Some of Us, uh, to Ibram Kendi's books, and to Ta-Nehisi Coates' book. There's just so many different avenues where we need to become much more literate about our own history. And if we were more literate, I think we would certainly be much more in favor of pushing for reparations and pushing for CRT to be taught in our classrooms. My personal campaign right now is to try to insist that all the members of the Congressional Black Caucus have to read the 1619 Project, at very least listen to the Audible book, and they have to be certified that they have done it. Because to me, if they were aware of all of the atrocities and all of the, the brutal treatment and discrimination that that book outlines and really makes so plain, then I couldn't in good conscience see how they would not be much more pro-Black in their efforts in Congress. And if they're not, then that would be just enough reason for us to say we need to get them out of there. But those are just some of the thoughts I have about why we need to make sure that we are much better well-informed. Our children need to know the 1619 Project like Jewish children are taught the Torah. It needs to be required so that we can ensure that our children aren't taken advantage of when the time comes for them to understand what it means to be a Black person in America. You know, Rod, I, uh, I think that the 1619 Project is a, uh, the result of that is what we're seeing from people like the Florida governor 
and folks, all of a sudden there's, there's been a lot of attacks on black people and on black history since that uh, 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 article or document was produced. And I think that because it sheds light on truly what happened during slavery and it gives a more accurate picture of, of history, of American history and black history, people are they're afraid of that. They don't want people to know the truth. So what we're going to do, we're going to so smoke and mirrors. We're going to pretend that, you know, we don't want it's all about LGBTQ and and that type thing. But really, they don't want that to take. They don't want the 1619 project to take hold in the educational system to create and, and teach people the true history. To me, that's part of what's going on. And, and, and people recognize that people in leadership recognize that and need to start pushing back and pushing the 1619 project as a required reading for all high school and in colleges, in history, especially your freshman year or anytime you want to take it. It needs to be required reading. Yeah, Rod, I definitely agree with you. And I, the point I want to make is we need a level of common knowledge. We as a people, because of our history and the brainwashing that we have gone through, we really don't understand each other. And we really don't understand our common struggle at this point, especially since integration has really separated us by class. We really need to come together and understand we have a common knowledge and a common purpose. And that way, at least we could get a segment of our population together, organized, and as you mentioned, fight for rights exclusively for Black people, fight for reparations, and whatever else that we actually want to decide to move forward with in our movement, at least we'll be united around a common knowledge and goal. So I definitely agree with you there. And so just a couple of follow-up points on what you both shared is, Scott, you're absolutely correct that there would be much more pushback against those who are fighting to try to deny what is such a well-researched document in the 1619 Project as a book and the series and the podcast. It's available there. And so once that information was made public, yeah, you'd have people uh, ashamed of what they did in the past, but that's a point. The reason they need to be ashamed of it is so that it doesn't happen again, because we keep saying the old saying is that those who ignore the mistakes of the past are doomed to repeat them. And Norm, you mentioned a point earlier about the education system lacking. And we know that a part of that is because a lot of times our kids are de-incentivized to pursue education. If they had to understand what went into the pursuit of getting the opportunity to have access to education, then I think many more of them will appreciate what they need to do to sustain that as a part of their ongoing pursuit of happiness in this country as a citizen. The second topic that we wanted to talk about, Norm, you alluded to it briefly, is Black rights. And by that, I mean, I saw a meme that said, Jews fight for Jewish rights, Asians fight for Asians' rights, and the LGBTQ community fights for LGBTQ rights, but Blacks fight for civil rights. And that was meant to be taken in a different way, but I took it and responded by saying that the problem is that black rights have never been a thing in this country. 
And I think we really need to ensure going forward that black rights are a thing, that we don't allow them to couch the gains that we need under the term civil rights, because when they do that, there's ample evidence to show that the people who benefit most from civil rights are not usually black people. It's our fight. And we're the folks on the front line who have to take all of the blowback. But at the end of the day, those who benefit from it, most are like white women and other ethnic groups and even immigrants. When we, and I think it's because we're not specific, we need to be focused on black rights. We need to get away from allowing people like Barack Obama to say things like, well, I'm not the president of black America, because as we said as well, he didn't say that about gay rights when he reversed his position on gay marriage. He didn't say, well, I'm not the president of gay America when he was talking about insurance and uninsured. He didn't say, I'm not the president of uninsured America and on. And so this comes at a time when we need to marshal our efforts around just knowing what we need for us specifically as Black people. And we need to hold our elected leaders accountable because no group has suffered under the kind of duress and ongoing discrimination and oppression as we have. But no group has also gotten as little for our suppression and oppression as we have, and that needs to change. Uh, Rod, I got to second everything that you said. Uh, one of the things that that is frustrating to me and it just kind of makes my blood boil, and I know my blood pressure runs up high, every time I see a situation where uh, some non-Black or either some of these handkerchief head uh, coons start attacking Black people, and uh, I, I just I wonder how other racial groups, if they think about it at all, just think about the burden. And Rod, you just described the attacks on us, what we've had to endure. Just think about the burden and the challenges that black people have to go through every single day. You know, I was just telling my wife, I was like, you know, people have no idea how hard it is to be black in this country and how hard it is to be a black man in this country. Every time I pick up the phone and if I call a business or organization or who, whatever, and it's a non-black person, I the, the treatment that I get is not what I'm expecting in terms of customer service. And I don't think that other people, other groups of racial groups are getting that kind of treatment. If I go and leave my house and if I interact with somebody that's non-Black, it's almost, almost always a confrontation because I got to demand respect for somebody who's coming over here, who's standing on our shoulders and benefiting on the work that we've done, that our ancestors have done. And they come, they're coming over here and want to treat us the way the majority population have taught them how to treat us, not, not saying, you know what, these are people we need to be celebrating. Every time I leave the house, every interaction I have with that, and this is every single day with a non-black person, it's a challenge. It's a stressful situation. It's a situation where you got to maintain your, your cool. You got to maintain your dignity. 
You got to maintain respect. You, I, the person who's being offended, the person who's being attacked, we're the ones who got to turn the other cheek. We're the ones who got to be calm. We're the ones who got to stand here and deal with this abuse. And when we snap off, then we're the problem. And it's just, it's exhausting. It's just totally exhausting if you have to do this every single day. I would like to see black folks start like like what the right wingers did. Steve Bannon, they got the war room. Why can't we have something like the war room that goes after every, all of these just continuous, it seems like there's been an increase in killing black uh, police officers, killing black people. Why can't we, why haven't we organized yet to go after those kind of situations, to have an impact on the outcome of those kind of situations? And this has been going on for a long time. But we, there, there's no apparatus. There's nothing, no mechanism, nothing in place for us but to run to the news and, and then march and put out to have a visual and, and that kind of stuff that we've been doing for the last 50, 60 years. Well, one thing we haven't done, Scott, is really prepare and address young leadership in this country. We have really given our young people a false sense of we've made it, you know, we're here, we've arrived, and we really haven't addressed the struggle is still real in our communities. That's that's one thing. But another thing I want to touch on that you 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 spoke about for a moment is how we're not appreciated, how our ancestors aren't appreciated for the, the struggle that they fought and the rights that they brought to this country as far as civil rights and how immigrants, different communities have benefited from all the work that our people have done. But yet when things happen in this country, they remain silent. And in many cases, join the white supremacists and the racists in their approach to our people. And as Rod mentioned, we need issues to, we need to bring issues to the forefront in total regard to our people and stop this civil rights movement crap and, and work towards issues that are going to benefit the black community first and foremost. As we said, this is our final black history month podcast but we're going to make a point of continuing to emphasize the need for our people to have a firm grip and command on black history. And I think every black family, every black person needs to start with the 1619 project. It's interesting to me that I hear more whites mentioning the 1619 project than black. And that's a good thing, certainly to have white people interested in keeping it there as a bestseller. But it's equally important that if you are a black person and you come across a white person who knows about the 16 project or is interested in the 16 project, that you can talk intelligently enough to either recommend it to them or share your viewpoints around it in a in, in an intelligent conversation. That's what we need to be about as a people. And in our Black Business Spotlight, while we're still in Black History Month, our ongoing challenge to everyone in the Brothers Talk universe is to do these four things. Find a new Black business every day that you didn't know about. And that's whether you find it online or whether you're networking with a family member or a friend. Number two, buy something from a Black business each week. And if you want to really commit, 
Keep it going all year long. There's no reason why we can't do that. Number three, encourage and challenge everyone you run into to do the same about buying from Black businesses, especially those non-Black people, as how they can help celebrate Black History Month and beyond. There are lots of folks who are interested in reparations for us who are not us, those folks from other ethnic groups. And that's just one little way that they can help us to get a jump start on reparations if they start buying from Black businesses. And then the fourth thing, let us know how you're doing. We want to be able to share some additional strategies of how you managed to find some businesses, what you might have bought, and who you might have shared with. We want to help you to get your time in the sun. So that's it for this week. And remember, you can always share your information and follow and communicate with us by sending your comments as well as your questions and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And that's a wrap for this show. And as always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. Until our next program, know that we sincerely appreciate your time and interest and rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And finally, remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have.